Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now the kickoff of Miss Marvel. I'm feeling marvelous this evening. I'm Alex. Oh, I'm feeling mischievous this evening, and I'm ready to get marvelous. <laughs> yes. Now, this, of course, is a show all about a stand-up comedian trying to make it in the uh, <laughs> 1940s, 1950s. I don't remember the yeah. time period. Uh, get Pay attention, sketch comedians from, like, 2002. Marvelous <laughs> Miss Marvel. Put make it out the there. The Miss Marvel. That's been rolling around in my head for years, but... This is actually the kickoff of Miss Marvel now on Disney Plus. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it because we're going to spoil it. But the broad over here overview here is we meet Kamala Khan, we meet her family, we meet her friends. She is a huge fangirl for Captain Marvel, and by the end of the episode, she's gotten some strange new powers thanks to a bracelet. They're very different from the powers in the comics, which we'll talk about in a second. She's been probably grounded by her parents, but She's also mm. destroyed slash saved Avengers Con thanks to her powers. And in a little after credits teaser, we find out that uh, damage control, I was supposed to say danger patrol, damage control is yeah. <laughs> tracking her down. There's a lot of stuff to unpack here from MCU Easter eggs to just the general changes from the comic books to TV. Uh, but what was your overall take, Justin? What did you think about this kickoff episode? Uh, I liked it. I feel like I really like a lot of the creative swings in this show and the way that we have our our main character, uh, Miss Marvel, um, uh, is like she messes up a lot. She's like cl actively clumsy. Uh, there's a lot of like fun to be had here. On the other side of it, it does have half of the show feels like a Disney Channel show mm -hmm. from like um, like 20 years ago. And that is a little like, ah, I don't actually, I don't want that to overtake too much because the rest of the show is so creative. Yeah, I think uh, to say the absolute best thing about the show, which honestly is uh, the best thing you could have hoped for, Amon Vellani as Kamala Khan is perfect. Like, yeah, spot great. on. Really good. Nails the character. She's easily the best part of the show. Not even getting into the powers or anything like that. Love the character for the comic, and I think she nails that here. Um, I also really liked a lot of the visual flair that was going on here. There's a lot of fun, weird things that they do that, to me, almost felt like an extension, not just of Spider-Man Homecoming, but like the after credits of Spider-Man Homecoming. It feels like they saw that and the fun and Peter Parker doing his vlog about Captain America Civil War. I just kind of ran with that, like took the logical next step there. And that stuff is fun. But to your point, there does feel like there's some pacing issues in this first episode. And also, I would say energy issues. Like, I, I think people are not quite at the same level as Milan Villani at all points. Maybe not to be rude about it. Maybe that's acting talent. Maybe it's the direction. I don't know. But there were certainly points where it felt like things slowed down considerably and then they'd speed yeah. up considerably. That can happen in a pilot. So we'll see how it turns out in the second episode. Um, I still overall dug it. I had a fun time. But yeah, there definitely is some wobble. There are some wobbly bits at this current point. Um, yeah, but I think the the dynamic creative choices, I think, helps so much. And I, I think it just feels when it dips back into sort of like regular, almost sitcom-y scenes, 
that's when I feel like you're saying it loses some of that energy and uh, <laughs> feels a little like just out of step. But every all the, the bigger creative swings are so worth it. And the, just the visual language this show is using down to the Avengers Con feeling almost like a, a weird fun house going in mm-hmm. through the, the Hulk mouth. It feels sort of stranger thing like a brighter stranger things mm. uh vibe to it um and it, it also feels the jersey city universe of it is is fun too where everything is going to be smashed i think they're going <laughs> to smash everything um and it feels like that that jersey city is that character but i really like what you said about spider-man homecoming this feels like the next step of that like uh, taking the baton of that like really a young interesting main character um and getting into her world uh is is really fun now that spider-man is so caught up in sort of the continuity spiral of the rest of the mcu and sony universe yeah i want to also give a shout out to how they get into this episode and how they get into kamala khan's fandom of captain marvel this is a weird very particular thing that I was concerned about going into this first episode and going into the series because in the comic books, she is a huge fan of Captain Marvel. The way that they do it in the comic books is there's this inhuman mist that goes all over the earth and activates people's inhuman powers. She ends up getting shape-changing powers and immediately turns into Captain Marvel and being a Muslim American that turns into a blonde white woman, there's issues that she deals with there before she ultimately owns her own identity. So... Taking away all of that, putting aside the powers for a second, which we should get into in a moment, I think the fact that I still don't quite understand how everybody knows what went on in Avengers Endgame has been bothering me a little bit in the MCU, so I didn't know how they were going to get into it here, but... The way they did it, I was fine with it. Like they Scott Lang's podcast? What? Scott Scott Lang's podcast. That guy's chatty, and he He doesn't hold anything back. Yes, Um, big me, little me. They got to release that also. That's another thing. Uh, But having her recap it on her YouTube channel, talking about her fandom there, it all uh, crisped in for me. It all made sense at that point. So I was very happy to see that right off. Yeah, I agree. Like that opening when the um, the Marvel flip flipped mm-hmm. to sort of the YouTube version of it. Uh, and uh, I got to say, I love that Marvel flip. So yeah. good. So good. I mean, the flip flip of this was great. I wish someone <laughs> uh, on this podcast was able to talk about that in any sort mm-hmm. of um, uh, highlight that in a way. But I guess we don't have that person here. Um but that whole opening uh, sequence was so cool and really set the tone of like, oh, wow, we're going to get a lot of big, uh, big creative ideas here. And you have to like really lean in and pay attention because it's so interesting and so well done. The other thing that I thought was very interesting about the way this started, it's tonal opposite is the wrong way to say it, but Easter egg opposite from Moon Knight, which had, I think, approximately two MCU Easter eggs over the course of the six episodes. On purpose, they wanted to make it its own thing and feel like its own thing rather than the next step in the MCU. This is full-fledged into it. 
like like you said, we find out Ant Man's podcast. There's Avengers Con is chock full of so many Easter eggs nonstop. There's references. It exists in this world, and uh, I think that's great to see as well. We do a, a podcast for the boys, which delves pretty heavily into the dark side of superhero celebrity. This is showing the flip side of that. This is showing how yeah. everybody loves the Avengers and is into the Avengers and treats them like the biggest celebrities in the world because, of course, they would be. They saved literally the entire universe. Yeah. I mean, her name is Miss Marvel. So it makes sense that she's going to be a little more connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think. Um, but to, to your point, I also think there's uh, this this series feels like it has almost like a – uh, little sibling relationship to the rest of the MCU. So of course they're going to, the characters here are going to be looking up at the, the Avengers and mm-hmm. MCU. And I think setting the stage for this the thing we've talked about a lot, the young Avengers, it feels like Miss Marvel um, will, will fall into that despite the fact that she's not really in the young Avengers in the comic book universe. Yeah. She ends up in the champions, champions and other young yeah. teams like that. Uh, so we'll definitely see where that goes. She's also going to be in the Marvels, which is going to team her up with Captain Marvel as well as uh, Photon, Monica Rambeau. So that should be fun to see as well. I'm already excited about that one episode in. But let's talk about the powers, because that is another big thing that I think people are very concerned about going in here. As we mentioned in the comic book, she has these stretching powers. She calls them embiggening powers. So she does things like she makes her fists bigger, or her legs grow longer, or her neck grows up, or things like that. Even though she can do the shape-changing thing, ultimately it's mostly about stretching her limbs a little bit. And the initial idea, I believe, from G. Willow Wilson, who helped create the character, was the awkwardness of puberty, that you don't feel comfortable in your own body, so it's stretching everywhere. We don't get that here. Instead, she seems to be creating some sort of light constructs more in line with a Green Lantern than, say, Mr. Fantastic. But they still seem to be an extension of her body. Like, it feels like, as we saw her power, she put the bracelet on right before she took the stage um, at Avengers Con in the um, cosplay contest. And you see this sort of energy go to her body. And I thought that was a very, like, specific choice to be like, look, this is an extension of her body. We're still using that metaphor. It's just not maybe as, because it's less actual body, it's not going to be on the puberty metaphor as much. And maybe about how, uh, like, young people or all of us really in this uh, modern society have to, like, be stretching ourselves in a million different directions. She's trying Mm -hmm. to get into college. She's trying to, like, be a good daughter to her family. Uh, She's trying to be young and do the things that she wants to do. It feels like they shifted the metaphor a little bit, but I'm here for it. Like, I'm not bothered at all by that. I think it's a better choice. From a production standpoint, it's way easier um, to make uh, an energy construct than to actually stretch the actor's body. Um, So that's cool. They can put the money somewhere else in production. And it makes for uh, a show that I think will be a little less like, so wait, what is she stretches? Because it it is a little weird. Mm -hmm. She's Miss Marvel, but she doesn't have any energy power. She just stretches. Was always like a Captain Marvel, but she's uh, stretches. It was sort of like that never makes clean sense when you're not approaching the character through the book where they lay out the metaphor of puberty. Yeah, I dug it as well, and I think it's way more visual. I'm sure they'll figure out how to do this by the time they get to the Fantastic Four movie, but stretching looks bad. Like, generally speaking, unless you're talking about uh, the Incredibles and then that's full-on cartoon, 
it looks bad on human beings. So doing energy yeah. contracts instead. Also, like, I don't stretch personally at all, no, no matter what I never, do. No, no, never, no, never. I do. We like, I do a little rev- bit, but that's pretty much it. I do like reverse yoga. I like clench up. <laughs> it's not downward dog. It's just like angry it's just barking dog. dog. Yeah, just, dog. just regular dog. <laughs> Yeah, me too. The We did get a shout out there, though, when she saves Zoe towards the end of the episode. She stretches out her energy hand, and it does look just like the beginning hands. So they know what they're doing in terms of changing it. And it also, this is a very early theory here, but based on that very quick shot of she gets the bracelet from her nani. We don't know exactly what's going on, where it came from, what its origin is. But as soon as she puts it on, she falls through something where there's an army with glowing eyes and something like that. Yeah. So I have to assume, given the Captain Marvel connection, it's going to connect back to the Kree in some way, potentially, um, or well, one it- of the alien races. So I think that's what we're seeing here. And the energy construct, again, makes a little more sense for it. Yeah, it feels like something that will both connect to uh, it being an artifact from another place. But I also think it's going to have a a cultural connection because it feels like um, her mom knows about the bracelet. She's like, don't touch that. Put that away. Hide that in the attic. So instantly it feels like there's some sort of uh, this is a a generational thing that um, has come been handed down and maybe uh, uh, Kamala's mom didn't take it or or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I really like that idea as well. And to your point, there does seem to be a little more something going on there. I'm excited to see how that pans out over the course of the episodes. While we're talking about it, let's get into Kamala's family. We meet her mom, her dad. We meet her brother, who everybody loves way more than her. Uh, what do you think about this setup? I, I like all these characters. I like how uh, goofy the dad is. Uh, The mom is the strict one um, and she like she is the authority, but she still cares. It's not as like sort of one dimensional as uh, sometimes can be in a show like this. But the way that dad uh, loves Bruno um, and uh, is into technology, like they're all specific in in a fun way without getting into too much that like overtaking the, the rest of the show. Yeah, it definitely seems like the closest relationship, at least in terms of the family, is between the mom and Kamala. Uh, This, some of the seeds here, particularly, I guess, because we're dealing with a family with a, that seems to be a matriarchy, has a dad who kind of steps back and follows the lead. We got that scene. Doesn't mind throwing some makeup on um, if his daughter needs it. But also the scene where we got the presentation of here's why I should be allowed to go to Avengers Con. It reminded me pretty heavily of Turning Red at points. Like, obviously very different stories, but just in terms of that, I thought that was kind of a funny comparison that both of these things turned up on Disney+, Plus, even though they go in very different directions. Presumably, nobody is going to turn into a giant panda at some point, ultimately. Um, but that scene in particular reminded me of it, the family dynamics a little bit, plus the brother, who I thought the brother was great. Like, I think yeah. there's there would be a temptation here to make him an overbearing nerd who everybody loves, but he seems like a legitimately nice guy who likes Kabbalah, feels kind of embarrassed about the fact that everybody thinks he's awesome and just wants to help her out. And that's cool. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like he, he seems fun. I wonder, he does feel like he just comes in and sort of says a line and then leaves and has like a couple nice moments. He has that sort of sitcom neighbor energy right now. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if he'll come in a little bit more and be uh, more of uh, someone that, that Kamala can go to and like uh, talk to about her burgeoning superhero uh, situation. Well, why don't we move over to Kamala's friends then? We mentioned Bruno, who is obviously a major character in the comic books and also in the series. We've got a great moment on the roof there while they're talking, where it seems like they're about to smooch, potentially, before they turn away. So clearly there's some romantic complications coming up there. Uh, what would you think about him? Uh, I liked him. I like that he is this independent kid. I like that he is... Tony Stark-esque, but not, like, making actual superpower stuff. There's a second with the photon gloves where I was like, wait a second, he can't make actual... They're okay, good, they're just light-up gloves. I didn't want to bend the reality too mm-hmm. far in too many directions. So I like that he's legitimately good. He wants to have a business where he um, is, like, an electrical engineer, like, building interesting uh, things. I like their relationship. The sort of romantic moment on the roof really caught me off guard. I didn't get any sort of chemistry mm-hmm. between them. It felt very like we're friends and we are the closest people to each other um, in a purely platonic way. So when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to go this way a little bit. Um, but then it's never touched upon again. And honestly, seconds later, they're like playing right. <laughs> you know, instantly. So I'm curious if that's maybe something that they just have to reconcile and it's not a thing. Or if it will actually build into a real, real uh, sexual relationship. <laughs> That's a well, weird way to say it, right at the end there. But I, I don't do, mean I, I mean like a, a romantic relationship. Romantic relationship. Maybe that's yeah. a better way of saying it. But well, uh, like I mean. But I think that's something that you go through at that age, right? That yeah. you do have these moments where you're like, oh, am I attracted to my best friend? And then you're like, yeah. no, 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 we're just playing on a roof. It's fine. And then it pops up again or doesn't or whatever. So that felt very realistic to me. Um, I also like Bruto. I think he was one of those energy things where I felt like it took me a while to get into his vibe of just being – yeah, I'm just here. I'm happy to help out. All good. Yeah. You know, but, but hanging with dad in mm-hmm. a way that I was like, wow, that's I didn't have a lot of friends where I was like, oh, you're just t- my dad and you were just talking over there. What are you what are you talking about? That's yeah. weird. The other thing that I thought was interesting while we're talking about the Fen group, we very briefly meet Nakia here uh, who shows up. They do the bet. Uh, that's very fun. We also meet Zoe, who is probably going to be a major character. And this was the thing that through me a little bit just based on decades of high school set TV shows and movies. Zoe, who seems clearly set up to be the big bully of the show, is bump uh, Kamala knocks into her and then Zoe is like, hey, watch it. Oh, nice necklace. And then she compliments her on something else. I think she likes her shirt as well. And it, it threw me. Like, it threw me yeah. because everybody in the show... It's kind of nice. Like, even the stuff with her coming into school, it isn't that she's the dork who everybody hates at school. It's just she's just kind of there and sort of wandering through the high school. It's not that it's a negative high school. It's not full with cartoon bullies or anything like that. It just sort of is. And I do think that's a smarter and more inclusive choice, but it's surprising from a dramatic perspective, you know? Yeah, but I, but I like the, I like the move. and Because then you could have a, maybe it's a tension of like, Zoe and the friends who are like, well, we're not all friends. Like it puts Kamala in a position to be like, oh, we have this in common 
and then my friends are my friends. And I think it's a little more interesting than like that bully's mean to me because mm-hmm. that feels very static. This feels like there can be some flow and maybe they she will have a new friend that welcomes and she welcomes into the group or there's a little more of a team atmosphere that comes together over the course of it. It felt a little Flash Thompson to me, though, not the movie Flash Thompson, but the comic book Flash Thompson of being maybe a little annoyed at Kamala in real life, but immediately seeing Miss Marvel and becoming a super, super fan of her. Yeah. And that's a fun dynamic to play off of as well. I also like the little Easter egg of Zoe wearing the classic Captain Marvel costume to Avengers Con. I thought that was very fun. And them calling out that isn't even the real costume, even though it actually is the real costume. Wow. Only we know. Only we know. Uh, Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else knows that. Uh, what else about the episode uh, would you want to call out in particular? Uh, love the use of the uh, song City Lights at the top of the uh, show. Like really gave, gave it some great energy uh, to drive through um, and show that th- this show is going to be fun at the end of the day. Like she's going to like when she, she her plan um, to get out of the house and get to Avengers Con being awesome, them being like super heroic. And, and then when she they do it, it's like, oh, we can't do that. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do flip out my window, but she still does it. And she lands on the tree branch and falls. I was like, Jesus, that's <laughs> and they get to the bridge and they're late because she had talked about it as if they were going to jump onto the roof of the bus. Like all those little moments feel so youthful and it, they, mm-hmm. it gives the show that sort of young make I'm going to make mistakes energy. I also really like the the punchline of her going through the whole plan, sketching it out on the chalkboard, and then Bruno saying, so your plan is take the bus? Yeah. Good line. Good line. Uh, great. And she really puts some time into that chalkboard work, mm-hmm. which, as we know, chalkboard, temporary. Temporary. It's like a big etch-a-sketch. Yeah. I did want to mention, as much as I loved Adventures Con, and maybe I was focused. No, I not maybe. I definitely was focusing in the wrong direction. But I kept expecting a cameo there. Like, we kind of got a cameo in Ryan Penegos, who is Agent Ebb over at Marvel's, the guy who's judging the cosplay yeah. competition. So that's fun. But yeah. the whole Avengers Con thing, I understand why they set it up the way they did for plot reasons. But it is weird to me to have a night convention for Avengers that has no celebrities there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I kept expecting a third tier somebody from the MCU to be signing autographs or something, because that's the sort of thing that would happen. Like, who, who do you get there? Who's the person? Like, I don't know. Because I, I, I hear you. from Ant-Man shows up and he's like, I'm Ant-Man's best friend. I, yeah, I guess well, he has his own booth there. Yeah. I mean, that would be funny. It's a, that's a <laughs> sort of a deep joke. Because I was, the only one that makes sense would be to have Paul Rudd there. Yes. Um, but I mean, he's he's a tough get, I imagine. Uh, but that would have been cool, especially since um, the Scott Lane podcast was set up. If he was there sort of shamelessly plugging uh, whatever he is, his podcast or autographs or whatever. I think that would have been cool. But because it, it, I was thinking of this, too, it, it's hard to think of someone uh, that would be instantly recognizable, but would be like they're an Avenger adjacent character and they're at a Jersey City <laughs> the Avengers yeah. convention. I feel like, I mean, you could have, like, Michael Douglas. That would be a fun thing. He shows up and he's like, what's going on here again? Yeah. yeah. Huh? But as it is, it's fine. I still think there are so many fun Easter eggs here. Love the fact that it was at Camp Lehigh, 
where uh, Captain America trained. So that was a fun little Easter egg. You have the Star Spangled Man is playing for the first Captain America movie. You have a quick shot of Iron Man 2 style dancers in there. There's that sweet tribute to Black Widow and Iron Man. Uh, I maybe got this wrong, but there was a shirt for Groot and it was like Tree Man or something, mm, yeah. which I thought was very fun because, of course, you wouldn't know his name is Groot. You just saw the tree yeah. man in the final battle, and you're like, yeah, that's tree man. There we go. I'd be curious to hear how you saw the tree man in the final battle as a <laughs> regular person on Earth. <laughs> sure. I think they had some a cam? There's yeah. a I'll camera throw this team out coming. here again. This is, I feel like they got to do this at some point. They have to have one regular guy with a camera phone who wandered through the portals at the end. Like he was, yeah. you know, visiting Whoa! Wakanda. He was on vacation. And he's like, where are you guys going? Are we going to a party or something? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's how everything came out. Yeah. Um, that makes total sense. Great footage. Um, mm-hmm. A couple other things I want to call out. Um, I love the bit at the beginning after her uh, disastrous driver's test um, where Kamala is um, – or Kamala is in the back of the car uh, sort of fantasizing about superheroes flying by the car window. I 100% used to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I loved seeing that long car trip. So that I was like, I really identified with that. I thought that was really cool. Um, small New York thing, the uh, halal guys versus uh, halal cart uh, shout out when they uh, were shopping. Uh, I thought it was cool. Very I really like the shopping sequence, too. It was yeah. very fun. Uh, and also shout out to, it was Martin Starr as the driving teacher, right? Who was one of the teachers in the Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man series. So there's a nice little connection there. Again, shouting back to that and its tonal compatriot. We also got, as mentioned, damage control shows up at the end. And those are the folks from Spider-Man No Way Home who are questioning them at the beginning. So it feels like that's something that they're starting to thread through the MCU as well, which is, I think, pretty fun. Yeah, I was surprised to see a post-credit sequence on the, at the beginning at the first episode of the show, but it was great. Yeah. We also, I like the scene with, I think it was Mr. Walter or Mr. Walter's calls him to the office, another character who could be a mean character, but is actually super, super nice talking about how, please don't call me Mr. Walter. My dad is Mr. Walter. Actually, my dad is also named Doug. Uh, yeah. Gabe, Mr. Wilson, I think. You Wilson, mean. Wilson, uh, there you go. And yeah, that, I was like this cool teacher trying so hard. I thought was, was a fun character as well. Yeah. Doing the speech from Mulan, another fun bit yeah. there. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I want to be like, not upfront because we're 25 minutes into the podcast here, but we're two white dudes talking about this, and I don't want to underemphasize how important the representation is in this sort of yeah. show. Like, whatever you think about it quality-wise, and I think overall we've been pretty positive about it, the fact that there are really positive representations of Muslim Americans here in the show, through Kamala, through her family, through all the characters we're seeing – is awesome. And adding yeah. that into the MCU is awesome. Um, you know, also back to back with, and I know we were critical about this in different ways, but the really positive Egyptian and Egyptian American representation, and I guess Egyptian British, Layla was British, maybe. Um, I yeah. I don't uh, know. Whatever it was, they're, they're really trying very hard to turn around the ship there in terms of, you know, you go back 10 years and they have five guys all named Chris 
and that was their big representation to then go to this, I think is a really positive step. There's a lot more to go, but it's great to see that here. Well, and when you say trying really hard, I don't want it to seem like it's, it feels like there's an effort, mm-hmm. like a, like it feels weighted in a way because it, it actually feels pretty light. Like it feels like this is the story. Like I, they just actually selected characters that have a different background as opposed to mm-hmm. the hundreds of um, white dude characters in uh, comics. And I think that's just that character selection alone and the way they creatively executed these shows makes it seem fun. And it, you don't ha- it doesn't have to be like, hey, look, we're finally doing representation correctly. It's like, no, th- this is a character that's going to be great. Aren't you happy we did this? And the answer is yes. Well, and that is how you do representation correctly by showing these characters existing and being and going through the same stories as everybody else with little tweaks and changes. Clearly, we're going to delve more into our background and ancestry as we go on, whether that's alien ancestry or uh, Muslim ancestry. And I think we're probably going to get a little bit of both of them um, as we have this intergenerational thing that happened with the bracelet, whatever the mystery is there. And that's great. Like, like you're saying, it is good to have that on TV. I'm glad we have that on TV. And I hope they continue in that direction. You know, if we can have the next 10 years of the MCU, ultimately there's like one Chris, that would be awesome. Wow. You just hate, I mean, Chris is just a name. I'm just tired yeah, of the best Chris. Chris. I'm tired of the best Chris conversation. We all know it's Chris Pine. Let's move on from there. Wow. Oh, wow. Way to drop that at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, the most controversial, unrelated <laughs> take um, <laughs> to drop here. Um, really nice. Yeah. Oh, I do want to throw out, you mentioned this earlier in terms of her being clumsy, but I thought this is another really good aspect of the show. She gets hit in the nose playing dodgeball. And I, I mean, we'll see what happens in subsequent episodes, but there's always this thing where they're like, I'm a clumsy nerd. I got powers and now I can do double flips and go off of everything. So the fact, we'll see how that plays out here. Clearly, She's still kind of clumsy in that she knocks down Ant-Man's head and knocks over Thor's hammer and nearly kills Zoe, I guess. I mean, I would say she's more clumsy, which actually tracks. Like, yeah. if you have, like, a new power you're and you're inherently clumsy, you're going to be wildly more clumsy yeah. when you're doing that. So I thought that was great. I thought that was a really fun detail. Overall, great episode. Why don't we go to our vision board and talk about what we think is going to happen on the next episode. What is on your vision board, Justin? Well, it's interesting. Like, I feel like we don't really have a, a villain here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, It's really just about her getting through her life and trying to do the things that she wants or needs to do and loving Captain Marvel. And suddenly she has powers. So I'm curious, the damage control thing doesn't feel like a villain. It feels like another similar problem to what she has on her plate now, like getting around her parents, doing all the different things she needs to do. So I, I'm, I'm curious there. I imagine there will be some sort of villain emerging and she'll have to actually get involved in some sort of fight rather than just wrecking Jersey city, which is my major prediction of what's going to happen yeah. uh, in the rest of the series. Uh, so I want to see where we go with um, some sort of antagonist. Yeah, I definitely want to find out more about this whole mystery of the bracelet. I don't think we're going to get that next episode. I think that's going to be a season long thing, potentially, and maybe even go into the Marvels 
and play off there in terms of the plot. But that's really interesting. I'm very curious about that. I think that's going to be fun to follow. And speaking of following, if you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the MCU, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Stay mischievous, marvelous. Mm, Maisel. Stay Stay Maisel. Stay Maisel.